0: This is Front Page. We here at Front Page, we do our best to dig out the truth and bring it to you. Hello, all you freedom-loving people. Welcome to Front Page Podcast. I'm your host Scott Cameron Goulet. After 22 days of chaos, the Republicans finally decided on a strong speaker. It's Mike Johnson. But who is Mike Johnson? Not only is the public clueless, but even members of Congress on Capitol Hill look confused. They wonder, who is he? What does he look like? Have I ever seen him before? I'm guessing a lot of people are Googling him these days to see what he's done in the past. However, such a legislator, whose name we have seldom heard of, has become the new speaker, and he was elected unanimously by the Republican Party. So how did he do it? And will he be the right man for the job? What is his opinion about the 2020 election? Does he believe that Biden should be impeached? And will he be strong enough to defend American values? Okay, let's get into it. The new speaker, Mike Johnson, ranks seventh among House Republicans. So how did he rise from obscurity to become the third most powerful man in American politics? Before him... Several of the highest-ranking Republican members of the House of Representatives lost their races for Speaker. But the shy 51-year-old from Louisiana swept through his opponents in just one round of voting, scoring a resounding 220 to 209 victory to become the 56th Speaker of the House. Johnson won the approval of all of his fellow Republicans, except for one who was not present. This is an accomplishment that Republicans higher in the rankings than him have failed to achieve. Representative Elise Stefanik, the chairwoman of the Republican conference, introduced Johnson before the vote saying that the Republican nominee for speaker is everyone's friend, no one's enemy. Apparently that assessment was spot on. Among House Republicans, the hardliners usually refuse to accept a speaker who is more established and the moderate conservatives usually don't want a hardliner speaker. The former speaker and previous speaker nominees have had various factional feuds with other Republican colleagues as well as all sorts of political baggage. So why do none of these seem to be relevant to Mike Johnson? His colleagues say that part of Johnson's appeal stems from their trust in his character. Johnson is a devout Southern Baptist. He came... From the northern part of Louisiana, which is known as the Bible Belt, meaning that people are more devout in their faith. We can see Johnson's character in one thing. Johnson formed a civility caucus in Congress, which along with former Representative Charlie Crist, a Democrat, drafted a pledge stating that our political opponents in Congress are not our enemies. The sincerity of his beliefs deeply affect Johnson. His campaign for the Speakership was through prayer, not politics. His sincerity and his substantive, reasonable answers to pointed questions asked by House Republicans against all the contenders won over the Republicans. About a third of his answers to the questions involved Scripture references. In his first inaugural address, Johnson told the bipartisan group of House members in attendance that the God of the Bible had raised up each one of them for a purpose. Mike Johnson said, I wanna tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I believe that scripture, the Bible, is very clear that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us, and I believe that God has allowed and ordained each and every one of us to be here at this specific moment. Tony Perkins, the president of the Family Research Council, commended Johnson by saying he's a brilliant guy, very smart, passionate. You saw classic Mike Johnson on the floor today. It's principled, but he has relationships on both sides of the aisle that are not policy or politically driven, he cares about people. People have conversations with him, he prays, with his colleagues. Sources attribute the fact that Johnson has no enemies, partly to his character and partly to his short time in Congress. Johnson first entered the Federal House of Representatives in 2017 and he is now serving his fourth term in the House. Not only is he unfamiliar to the public, but he's also unfamiliar to lawmakers on Capitol Hill. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said that he had never met Johnson. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer also said he did not know Johnson at all. Senator Mike Rounds also said that he did not know him at all. They said that it was the first time they had heard his name this week, so they googled him. But in the House of Representatives, Johnson is not a nobody. Prior to his successful rise to Speaker, Johnson served as chairman of the Republican Study Committee, which describes itself as the think tank of House conservatism. Additionally, he was elected to a second term as vice chairman of the House Republican Conference in January of 2021, and he served as deputy speaker under then-Speaker Kevin McCarthy. It's just that he usually focuses on the work of the House Judiciary Committee and the House Armed Services Committee, and he doesn't show it off. Because of his low profile, he was largely unnoticed and he avoided clashes with the various factions in the party, which were always at war. On Tuesday night, after Johnson won the nomination for speaker, various factions of the Republican Party voiced their support for Johnson, including Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Representative Matt Gates also touted Johnson's victory as an example of the growing power of the mega movement on Capitol Hill, President Trump also congratulated Johnson after he was elected speaker. I just want to congratulate Mike Johnson. He will be a great speaker of the House and we were very happy to he help. I've known him for a long time. He's a tremendous leader, a tremendous man. comes from a wonderful place, Louisiana. He's gonna be, uh, he's gonna make us all proud So at this time yesterday, nobody was thinking of Mike, and then we put out the word, and now he's the Speaker of the House, so I want to just uh, thank all of the supporters that I have, and I want to thank
1: all of the supporters that Mike has, and again, he'll be a great speaker. I think you're going to be very proud
0: of him. Thank you, everybody. Even President Biden congratulated Mike Johnson. Johnson is actually a hardline conservative. He has a distinctly conservative voting record, such as staunchly opposing abortion and opposing same-sex marriage. He is also a staunch ally of President Trump. Johnson, who is an attorney specializing in constitutional issues, led an amicus curiae brief that rallied Republicans to challenge the results in key states in the 2020 presidential election. However, a House Democratic leader, Hakeem Jeffries, had criticized Johnson as the architect of legal action by President Trump for challenging the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. But after Johnson won the House Speaker's gavel, Jeffries said House Democrats would try to find common ground with Republicans for the national interest. Newly elected Speaker of the House Mike Johnson's past conservative comments have been unearthed. For example, he commented on the fact that Twitter was used as an ideological censorship tool by the U.S. federal government before it was acquired by Elon Musk.
1: What you've documented carefully in the Twitter files are a couple of key facts. you will hear a lot of things today, but this is what they need to know. The federal government, from Democrat members of Congress to intelligence agencies, including the FBI, used Twitter and other social media companies to censor Americans' speech. If the alarm bells are not going off, then you're not paying attention. Over the past three years, documents show, they prove what you guys have, have uncovered here, is there's communication between Twitter and the FBI. It was constant, it was pervasive. Twitter was basically an FBI subsidiary before Elon Musk took it over.
0: He called on U.S. citizens to address the Twitter files because these government actions contradict a cornerstone principle of the Constitution.
1: Twitter executives restricted accounts, they censored speech that conflicted with the left's narrative. Twitter has used its internal tools to control and manipulate uh, considered, speech considered misinformation, and who was determining that? It was the government bureaucrats. Documents show that Twitter used visibility filtering to restrict certain accounts and posts and removed people from the platform altogether. The Twitter files should be a matter of bipartisan concern for every member of Congress and every American citizen because it is a bedrock principle of our constitutional system that the government does not get to decide what speech is acceptable or true. Under the First Amendment, Americans have a right to speak freely regardless of whether their speech upsets their preferred narrative. In fact, that's when it needs the most vigorous protection. Everybody on the left used to believe in that, or at least they purported to.
0: Finally, he said that the American public should not have to rely on so-called experts and a particular administration in order to tell them what is true and credible information.
1: Government and media fact-checkers frequently get things wrong. The American people can't and shouldn't rely on so-called experts to be the arbiters of truth, disinformation boards, and the like. It doesn't matter what political party you're you're in, government should not suppress important debates and public discourse.
0: What's happening in the United States is that even President Trump's speech is being restricted, not to mention the general public. The Justice Department has asked Judge Tanya Chutkin to reinstate her gag order on President Trump. The DOJ argued that the gag order didn't violate President Trump's constitutional right to free speech. Judge Chutkin issued a stay on October 20th pending President Trump's appeal to a higher court. The initial gag order sparked criticism from many including the American Civil Liberties Union for placing overbroad restrictions on President Trump's speech. The American Civil Liberties Union and President Trump's attorneys argued that the order, which stated that President Trump can't target people involved in the case, was also unconstitutionally vague. However, DOJ attorney Molly Gastall, who is part of special counsel Jack Smith's team, Denied that it is unconstitutional in her October 25th response. Gaston echoed Judge Chutkin asserting that criminal defendants don't enjoy unrestricted First Amendment rights. Gaston wrote, The court has issued a narrow order that strikes a careful balance between the First Amendment rights of the defendant and the need to safeguard the integrity of the proceedings, including by protecting certain trial participants from intimidation, harassment, and threats. President Trump's attorneys, John Lauro and Todd Blanchet, argued in their October 20th motion that prosecutors hadn't proven that President Trump's statements made witnesses feel threatened or harassed. However, Gaston argued that waiting for harassment or violence to occur was an ineffectual approach not required by the First Amendment. Gaston also highlighted the October 24th true social post in which President Trump suggested that his former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows would be a coward if he took a deal with prosecutors. ABC News reported that Jack Smith granted Meadows immunity in exchange for testifying under oath. Meadows' attorney told ABC that this report by ABC News was largely inaccurate. Judge Chutkin has set an October 28th deadline for President Trump's team to respond to the DOJ's filing. Another important attribute of Johnson is his strong anti-communist stance. In his first speech as Speaker, he reminded legislators not to forget the philosophy of the former Soviet Union during the Cold War. That philosophy was Marxism and communism, which presupposed that there is no God. He fully recognizes the threat that is posed by the Chinese Communist Party to the United States. In a media interview, he said that the Chinese Communist Party is an aggressive enemy and a near-equal rival to the United States. He fully recognizes the threat that is posed by the Chinese Communist Party to the United States. Although the American public is gradually recognizing the threat posed by the CCP, the apparent strength of the CCP has deterred many politicians from openly confronting it. California Governor Gavin Newsom was in Beijing in the past few days and he was received exceptionally well by the first leader of the Chinese Communist Party, Xi Jinping. Newsom said that under his leadership, California is ready to become China's long-term, stable and strong partner among U.S. allies the influence of the Chinese Communist Party still remains enormous. South Korean President Yoon Suk-yul is now facing a test of whether he will succumb to the pressure of the Chinese Communist Party. An American performing arts company has been told that it can't perform in South Korea as a result of influence from the Chinese Communist Party. Yoon suk Yeol campaigned on promises of closer relationships with the United States and a tougher stance toward China. Promoting cultural exchanges between the U.S. and South Korea has been advocated by senior Korean officials, including Young Suk-yol. We also see a strong willingness on Young Suk-yol's part to align with the United States. During a state dinner at the White House in April, Yun even sang the American classic, American Pie, and he said that the two countries' relationship is an alliance of values. However, the Chinese Communist Party was able to continue its nearly 20-year campaign of disruption against the New York-based Shen Yun Performing Arts in South Korea. We have recommended the Shen Yun Show on our previous programs. It presents the Chinese culture, before the communist rule. Shen Yun presents Chinese traditional culture through dance and music. Therefore, Shen Yun has been jeopardized and opposed by the Chinese Communist Party, which tries to destroy Chinese traditional culture. Trevor Loudon, an expert on communist infiltration, said the CCP views Shen Yun as very dangerous to its own ideology because of the performing arts company's efforts to revive and depict traditional Chinese culture. Shen Yun performs in more than 20 countries across five continents every year. But Shen Yun has not been able to perform in mainland China or in areas where the CCP is strong such as Hong Kong and Ukraine. South Korea is a region that swings from side to side. Shenyun has performed there, but is often disrupted. This year, the disruptions seem to have gotten worse. Local Shenyun organizers say that Seoul's two major theaters have so far rejected the group's bid to perform as a result of pressure from the CCP. The blocking of Shenyun in Korea proves the effectiveness of the CCP's infiltration tactics. Korea seems to be geographically distant from the united states but for the ccp if the experiment is successful in one democratic region it may spread the experience to democracies all over the world in a speech mike johnson addressed the house of representatives claiming that article 2 section 4 of the u.s constitution Provides that the president shall be removed from office upon impeachment and conviction for treason or bribery. And he made it very clear that President Biden's corrupt behavior qualifies him for removal from office.
1: Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution itself expressly states that the sole power of impeachment belongs here to this House. And then Article 2, Section 4 says, listen to the language carefully it's expressly written in the constitution this is not political talking points we're not making this up it says in article 2 section 4 that the president shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors my friends i just listed just a small sample just the tip of the iceberg of of the Credible allegations and the mounting evidence that shows that Joseph Biden has engaged in bribery schemes, pay-to-play schemes. This is what the evidence shows. We have to follow it. We took an oath to uphold the Constitution. The Constitution requires this action. The inquiry is the appropriate step. We have no choice to pursue the facts wherever they lead. Biden, on the other hand, expressed his
0: commitment to work with the new speaker in good faith despite their differences on critical issues. Johnson was invited to meet Biden at the White House on Thursday. Johnson described the meeting as productive. The left has always wanted to restrict the public's right to bear arms. Every time there's a shooting, similar gun control issues are reintroduced. The mainstream media also capitalizes on the hype. This Wednesday, at least 18 people were killed and 13 others were injured in shootings at a bowling alley in bar in Lewiston, Maine. The incident was also used by the media to question the new speaker on gun control. In an exclusive interview with Sean Hannity last night, the new speaker commented on a range of topics, including gun rights.
1: That's, and this happens with almost every shooting incident. The, the media call by the left in this country, we need more gun laws, we need more legislation. Yeah. What's your answer to that? The end of the day, it's, the problem is the human heart. It's not guns, it's not the weapons. At the end of the day, we have to protect the the right of the citizens to protect themselves, and that's the Second Amendment. And that's why our party stands so strongly for that. I agree with the comments of of your guests there. This is not the time to be talking about legislation. We're in the middle of that crisis right now. Uh, But I just want you to know, and I want the American people to know, that all the members of the House here are deeply concerned about the families involved and everyone. And we we pray for the law enforcement officers that are doing that hard job tonight that most people do not have the uh, bravery to do.
0: So, will the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, be the right man for the job? What is your answer? Okay, this is our podcast for today. Thank you again for listening to Front Page Podcast. For more exclusive, in-depth content, please go to frontpageshow.com.